For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Deep down the middle, has got his man, and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give it to his house and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hope you're having a fantastic morning. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. I'm live at Beatty Chevrolet, Parkside Drive. Man, I think I have fell in love at first sight. I have fell in love at first sight. There is a 2021 Tahoe, oh my goodness, high country all black, black on black on black. Here it is. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. I have fell in love. I have fell in love. Love at first sight. As soon as I walked in the door this morning, turned on the lights, she was looking at me. 2021, high country, Tahoe, black on black on black. It's right behind me. You can see me. You can see it if you are watching on Swain Event TV, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook Live. You can see it. It's right there, right over my shoulder, both shoulders. It is beautiful. Oh, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. If only I was a five-star recruit going to Alabama, man, I would have just a Almost enough to be able to get it. Almost enough. Thank you for joining the program. We got Ben McKee back in the low T Center studio. Um, wow. Wow. The score is what we pretty much thought, right? But the score is not r- reflective on what we saw on on Saturday. It's not at all. Uh, Tennessee loses fifty-two to twenty-four. At halftime, the score was 21-14, to 14, Alabama. Tennessee did what they have done all season long. That is, that is strike in the first quarter. That is start fast. And they did that. They did that. They struck fast. They hung. They hung as, as long as they could. At some point, talent is going to take over. <clears throat> Depth is going to take over. Watching the Ole Miss game, watching special teams. I mean, there were guys walking off the field I'd never heard of before, to be honest. Multiple walk-on players. <clears throat> and the reality of the situation is, is you're not going to win games like, like that. It doesn't matter how perfect you play, and it's really hard to play perfect in a game of football because <clears throat> it's the ultimate team sport. So many moving parts, so many players participating. But usually when you have a team like Tennessee that's thin going up against, a, you know, Alabama. And listen, Alabama, Georgia, they have the deepest depth and talent in the country, those two, those two squads. And Tennessee's supposed to lose the special teams. They're really supposed to lose. I mean, big time on special teams. I mean, you're supposed to lose the game. But you're supposed to get manhandled on special teams because that's that's where their depth and talent really wears you down. But that wasn't the case on Saturday. 
Actually, Tennessee won special teams. Had a block punt. Had a block punt. It was just being able to convert on those opportunities that Tennessee was unfortunately um, not able to do. Not able to do. He He created a turnover. Just great punch out by Theo Jackson. Tennessee recovering. Unable to go down and convert there. But, man, this team fought. I said it last week. If you're going up against a big bully, there's no way you can avoid the fight. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and just take it? Are you going to swing first and go out swinging? Tennessee went out swinging. They went out swinging. What? What does moral victories mean? A lot of people throw it around. They throw it around. Sounds good. Let me just throw it around. A defeat that can be interpreted as a victory on moral terms. For example, because of the defeated party defended their principles. Do you feel good about, even though you lost, you defeated your principles. You feel, you feel, you feel good morally. I don't know about you. I don't. I don't like losing. I don't feel great. Especially Alabama. When they when they when they pan to the students smoking cigars. You had one student who was coughing on the first pool. <laughs> Trying to be cool. Cough, kid, cough. <laughs> Trying to fit in with everybody. And, and they were talking about, oh, the stadium is filled full of smoke because of cigars. You know how bad that grinding my gears? I was hot watching that. I hate watching that. No such thing as is, is, is more victories. Everyone should be upset. Everyone should be upset. I know I'm upset. Very upset. Trying to show out. James from JC said some of of them wasn't even lit. They just had it in their mouth. Trying to show out. Look at this. I got a cigar in my mouth. Look how cool I am. Ballstorm say, yeah, more like choke. I'm trying to be nice. The holidays are around the corner, Vol Ballstorm, even though Halloween is, is closer, right? <laughs> Halloween is closer around the corner. But the holiday season is, is close. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to get into the holiday cheer. You go into the store, there's Christmas stuff all around. So I'm trying to get I'm trying to get into the holiday cheer, Ballstorm. I don't, don't want to be mean. But it is Alabama. Forget those kids. The broadcast was tough. The broadcast was tough. It was tough to listen to. If you are one of those people that likes to punch the wall or throw your remote at the television, destroy your own property, and then go around and have to replace it, that was a tough game for you. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not going to punch the wall and then go to the orthopedic surgeon the next day have to explain myself. What happened? What happened? You got in a fight with a big bad bully? No, I punched my wall. Okay. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. But if you're one of those people, Saturday was a tough day for you. Because the broadcast was about Alabama's mistakes. Oh, oh, look at that play by Tennessee. Man, Alabama was out of place. Oh, Alabama messed up there. Alabama, you know, Alabama didn't communicate. Anytime Tennessee made a play, it was Alabama's mistake. Because Tennessee is not supposed to do that. It was tough. Broadcast was tough. Really tough. A couple uh, controversial calls. 
Come on, now. this is SEC officiating. You know it's going to be controversial. Uh, the hit on Hendon Hooker. You had Terry McCauley. If you watch uh, Sunday Night Football last night, Terry McCauley is their officiating expert on the broadcast. And, you know, he had a tweet about the Alabama-Tennessee game. Yeah, yeah, tweet about the Alabama-Tennessee game. He says, this was a foul for roughing the passer for, with targeting. The defender launches, makes forcible contact to the head of the defensive player. Replay should have stopped the game and created the foul. Surprised that at least you didn't go look at it. I mean, it was a clear launch. I, from from my point of view, I didn't think he hit him in the head. I just thought he hit him in the shoulder and his you know net snapped back. But, you know, Terry McCauley says hit him in the head. Surprised that it wasn't even looked at at all. But the officiating is not why Tennessee lost this game, though. It just it just stinks that you see it. It just makes you sick that, that you see it and it's not called. But officiating is not why Tennessee lost this game. Tennessee, uh, one of the bugaboos that we have is getting off the field on third down, stopping the quarterback from picking up yards with his legs. That's one of our bugaboos. And Alabama's one of the best teams in the country at third down conversions. And they were on point on Saturday. They were on point. But man, Tennessee, fought their butt off running, I mean, against the run. Alabama is as balanced as balanced can be. They're dynamic in the passing game. They have the guys up front to maul you and run the football. They did that against Ole Miss. And Tennessee was, was battling. Was battling. That 200 yards rushing, 4.1 yards per carry. But Tennessee was fighting, man. Tennessee was fighting. Nick Saban was right. Are you, are you Pruitt fans? They're quite... Haven't let go yet. Nick Saban said it last week in his press conference. Or one of his uh, weekly availabilities, one of his weekly uh, appearances that it, that he has there, down down there in Tuscaloosa. He said Tennessee is improving every, every, every area, every phase. And we saw that on Saturday. Listen, we've been seeing it all year long. Cedric Tillman had a career night. Eight targets. Seven catches. Do you understand how hard that is? Sometimes in routes versus air, it's hard to get seven catches from from eight targets. Sometimes in one-on-ones, it's hard to get seven catches from eight targets. In seven-on-seven, it's hard to get seven catches from eight targets. Cedric Tillman did this in a a game of football, 11-on-11. Versus Alabama. So that speaks to the high-quality play from Cedric Tillman. He's playing at a high level. How him and Hannah Hooker are on the same page. Cedric Tillman playing at a high level. And I love to see it. Big Cedric Tillman fan. Plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. Doesn't care what, what star rating... Told him he needed to play at, what level he needed to play at. He just came in and worked. He's outworked a lot of players on this football team that's more talented than him. But he wants it. He's mature. He gets it. And it's showing up. It shows up. You, you may think that no one's going to pay attention. You may think that you being outworked won't show up. It shows up sooner or later. And for Cedric Tillman, it's showing up. The work that he's put in this summer is showing up. His his footwork, his quickness, his speed, the strength of his hands is showing up. Tillman's a 4-7 guy coming in. He wasn't playing at a 4-7 on Saturday. Let's get to the phones. Let's get to uh, Butch Dooley, who is waiting patiently. Butch Dooley, good morning. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Man, it is going, man. The sun is coming up. The air still crisp. <laughs> We're good to go, man. We're good to go. Well, we 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 couldn't pull it out. I was proud of the team, though. 
They put in a good effort. It's tough on me, though, because I live in Fayetteville, and I'm only 20 minutes from Alabama line. And uh, my boss, <laughs> my boss, uh, he was at the game Saturday. He has Alabama season tickets. But, you know, I mean, nobody, no Tennessee fan, at least with a brain, knew we were going to win that game. But, I was, I mean, the, the team fought. Uh, I'm telling you what, though. Hendon Hooker, I mean, impresses me more and more each and every week. Uh, he is accurate, accurate, accurate. Um, the Tillman had a heck of a game. You know, the, the I don't like you were saying. I don't think the score really depicts on what how the game was because fourteen of those points that Alabama scored there at the end were you know in like less than two minutes because we gave them the ball at thirty yard line. And then that big uh, interception, you know, that I think was, I don't know if it was a miscommunication of, of the receiver not running the right route or both were thinking the receiver was, was going to cut back right there. Either way, though, uh, I don't think, I think there was a reason behind that interception because it looked too intentional. But, uh, but, the, but like you were, I was going to hit off of what you were saying a minute ago about the broadcasting. And the officiating, which, like you said, it didn't have any outcome of the officiating of, of what the game in, in, in the ending was. But uh, all the false start penalties, I don't ever remember them replaying one of them. You know, usually they'll go through and they say, oh, this guy jumped, this guy was fast, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Uh, they didn't do like any of them, which I know our offense runs fast. But uh, I didn't quite understand it with how many false starts we had. They, I don't ever, if they did play one or two, I don't remember because they'd ever, I don't ever remember them showing it. That's good um, I mean, uh, like I said, I do know the offense runs fast. You, you would think they would. And then again, then there was a couple plays, and I've, I've watched numerous Alabama games where I've seen this happen. There was one play I vaguely remember of, I mean, one of their offensive linemen was tackling Tyler Barron. I mean, just tackling. Oh, yeah. And they oh, yeah. don't notice it. Which it, which it didn't affect the outcome of the game. But still, I'm like, you know, you ain't going to replay the, all the false starts. And then you, you got people over tackling our defensive linemen. And that was a big reason why, you know, uh, Rosh Young was able to scamper like that after he sat back there for five seconds. Yep. Um, you know, it, it's just frustrating. And, and, you know, we don't have the depth. You know, to, I mean, Alabama is – that's five stars. That's five stars on every position. But still, I mean, it just, I don't know. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. But we got a bye week, uh, a needed bye week, and uh, Kentucky eight week start. And I think Kentucky's got Mississippi State this, this weekend, so that'll probably be a pretty good game. But maybe uh, Mississippi State will rough them up a little bit for us. But. Yeah, my thoughts were about the same as y'all's, but the biggest thing was I just didn't quite understand all those false starts that they never replayed. Yeah, that was that was that was that was weird, man. You know, I didn't even catch that uh, during the broadcast. Um, I, I, like, I didn't catch it to the point where I stopped and asked myself, where, "Where's the replay?" I just, I was like, "Yeah, man, okay, here we go again, man. Here we go with the Pittsburgh game, you know, beating ourselves with, with penalties and." You know, I understand playing in a hostile environment. You know, we saw Ole Miss be affected by the, the crowd noise, and I assumed that we was going to be affected too. But you know, Tennessee had to play a close to perfect game to even have a chance, and you can't you can't have that many penalties um, and expect to expect to win. You just you just can't. Um, so Tennessee, my goodness, almost had 100 yards. That's basically a touchdown. 12 penalties, 98 yards. That, that is basically giving up a drive for a touchdown. So. Um, Alabama only had four for 30. We know they could have had a whole lot more. They could have had at least 60 or 70 just off two or three plays I could think of off the, top of my, off the top of my head. So it's frustrating because it's Monday and it's still fresh for us. And for the players, they got to they gotta, they gotta get ready to play this next week. They got to get healthy. They got to get in the training room. You gotta fix mistakes, but getting health- healthy is the most important thing for this football team, and I'll have a chance to do that. 
I'm live here from Bailey Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Over 150 new and pre-owned vehicles for you to choose from. They will buy your vehicle. They will trade for any vehicle uh, here at Betty Chevrolet Parkside Drive, home of the warranty for life. BettyChevrolet.com. Be right back. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. When I made the move to my own studio, I was worried about this. I was worried about that. I was worried about, hey, did I get this piece of equipment? Did I get that piece of equipment? Does that sound good? Does that not sound good? One thing I didn't have to worry about, that was office furniture. Because office furniture outfitters met my furniture needs. With a 50,000 square foot facility, they have East Tennessee's largest selection and are the best value for new and used office furniture. Located in Knoxville, it's easy to find everything you need for your new space, including desks, file cabinets, chairs, conference tables, and more. Office Furniture Outfitters is turnkey. They came to my place, we mapped everything out that was needed, they delivered, and, get this, set everything up. To learn more about what Office Furniture Outfitters can do for you, log on to OFONOX.com. That's OFONOX.com. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. 
For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Live here from Beatty Chevrolet Parkside Drive, BeattyChevrolet.com, home of the warranty for life on most new and used pre-owned vehicles, over 150 vehicles for you to choose from, and most of those are backed by their warranty for life guarantee. They will trade for anything. They will buy anything, be a motorcycle, be a camper, car, truck, doesn't matter, Beatty Chevrolet Wants to do business with you, not just today, not just tomorrow, not just next week, but next year, the next, the next decade, when your kids need a car, when your kids' kids need a vehicle. And the only way they can do that is to take care of you on the first time. So give them a try. Let them do that for you if you are looking for a new ride. I tell you, man, love at first sight. And I walked in and saw that 2021 High Country Tahoe. Whew. Clean. We can go on a road trip with that, Ben. Just check guys off the list on the transfer portal. Just go pick them up. Go pick them up. What Tennessee's doing is is not only showing high school recruits. Hey, man, this is this this is the culture you want to be a part of. This is what we're doing. We're getting more with less. These guys are playing for us. They run through a brick wall for us. It's because we care about. Them as people, you can just tell. And if high school players can see that, no college coaches can see that, and college uh, players can see that because they've been through the recruiting process. They know what's real, what's fake when they hit campus and everything that was told to them, uh, some of that being accurate, some of that being inaccurate. They know the difference. So, Ben, you got to drive, though, man. You got to drive. Do you like Austin Price, did you? You drive, I take a nap. <laughs> That's fine. I like to drive anyways. <laughs> I know, man. You've been like um you've been driving like crazy. How many hours did you did you drive this weekend? You got a chance to see a big time big time game over the weekend uh in Tennessee in the state of Tennessee though, not in the state of Alabama, but you got a chance to see a big time game inside of the state of Tennessee. 3 hours, well, three and a half hours to to Huntsville Friday night. Then two hours to Tuscaloosa, two and a half hours to Tuscaloosa. So what's that, six? And then back to Huntsville after the game. It's eight and a half. And then two hours up to, to Nashville. That's ten and a half. And then three hours over from Nashville to Knoxville. So 13 hours in the car. So which, uh, which Miley Cyrus song was you listening to on the way? Was it Justin Bieber? Was it Miley Cyrus? Was it... Was it Ariana Grande? Like which, which, which one did you go with? Uh, it's a party in the USA. Who sings that? Well, I know, I know the song, but I don't know who sings. Miley it. Cyrus. That's a pretty good song. That's a pretty good song. That's a actually, that's a pretty popular song. My kids like that song. It's it's I, a it's a banger. I think I think we we sung that song a couple times on the way. Uh, out of town last week. I didn't know that was Molly Cyrus. Singing, she can do that. Now, the dancing part, <sighs> leave that to somebody else. No, no, no dancing, Molly. No dancing, Molly. You can't be, you can't be doing that. Uh, being, give, us your, give us your take, man. You was down there uh, amongst the <sighs> degenerates every, every year. My uh, my dad's brother texts me, and um, I know he's a Bama fan. He just ain't admitted it because I'm telling you, man, my, I don't I don't play that. I don't play that. My family know. Don't come to me with that. I will delete you from my phone. It's a wrap. I don't play that. But like, I got family members that that I know Alabama fans. They just don't come out and, and tell me that they're Bama fans. I think they're scared. Which I like it that way, but like every year, you know, my, my uncle's like, "Hey, you want to bet on the game?" 
Why? Why I want to bet on the game? I know what's about to happen. You know what's about to happen. Just ask for some money if you just want some money, Uncle, okay? Don't try to be slick. If you want some money, just tell me you want some money. I'll send you some money. But you ain't got to rub it in trying to bring in the Bama-Tennessee game and try to make a bet on it. I don't want to do that. But, Ben, how was it down there, man? How was it? It was all right. It, it, it was what it was. I thought you covered everything that needed to be covered. I know everything? There's, there's a lot of – well, you Thanks, spent man. 20 minutes on it. Well, I mean, it's a three-hour show. I mean, why, why even do the rest of the show? Well, I, I mean, I you, you, you covered everything in a, in a broad scale. Like, you, you mentioned everything that needed to be mentioned. And obviously, we can take those different topics that you brought up and go into it in more detail. But the, the, the main topics I thought you covered, and, and that was that a lack of depth caught up to Tennessee. And obviously, yep. when you're playing number four Alabama – and Josh Heupel's in his first year, that's going to happen, on top of all the injuries that Tennessee is dealing with. And I know there's frustration with the referees, and, and there's a reason to be frustrated. But just sticking it, sticking to a, an X's and O's standpoint, Tennessee had too many self-inflicted wounds. Uh, offensively, couldn't move the ball there for a while outside of the explosive plays, really for the entire game, couldn't move the ball all that well outside of the explosive plays couldn't sustain drives especially in in the in the middle part of that game a whole lot of three and outs and especially in the third quarter those were the ones that bugged me where you come out the defense forces two three and outs and the offense can't do anything with it and then not only do they force a three and out they block a punt and and give you the ball in the red zone and you walk away with a field goal so the first three possessions Defense is playing lights out. Special teams makes a play for you, and you, you only gain three points on Alabama. And obviously, you're still in the game at that point. But it feels like if you are going to upset number four Alabama on the road, you, you've got to do more than just kick a field goal after a couple of three and outs and a blocked punt that gave you golden field field position. I mean, you just you just had to do more. In, in those moments, and I, I thought eventually the, the defense wore down because of the, the time of possession. And <laughs> number Alabama, of plays, too. Yes, 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 which all, all coincides with, with one another. Um, and I thought as, as Alabama pulled away in the fourth quarter, I, I thought the defense was gassed. Mm-hmm. No, they were, man. They were. I mean, I think I – think Total plays, oh, my goodness. Alabama was right at 100 with 92, and Tennessee only ran 54, so almost doubled us up in total plays. And I'm, I don't care what defense that you throw out there and how prepared they are because of the offense they go up against every week. 92 plays is a lot of plays, mm-hmm. Period. That's a lot of plays, and uh, you're right, Ben. They, they wore down. Just too many self-inflicted wounds. Just, just way too many. You, you can't beat Alabama and have as many self-inflicted wounds as as Tennessee had. Uh, the the false starts, the the pre-snap penalties. I, I know some false starts were were frustrating to Tennessee fans. There, there was really only one. That I that I thought was questionable and would like to see a replay of, but Tennessee's offense was was out of sync there in, in the middle of the the game. Uh, the ball was being snapped before receivers were being set, and that's a that's a false start all day long. And you, you can't have personal foul penalties on the sideline. I, I thought it was a weak personal foul on Jeremy Banks on the sideline to where it wasn't a bona fide late hit, hard hit, out of bounds. But it was still a personal foul because Jeremy Banks was doing too much on the sideline. You, you, you got to be smarter and not put yourself in a position to where the referee can, can throw that flag there because you carried him too far into the sideline and you had his, your hand on his back. And, again, it wasn't egregious in terms of the hit or, or pushing him to the ground, but it did look like Jeremy may have helped the, the Bama player uh, escort himself to the ground. So – the, the actual hit itself was not egregious, 
but you just can't put yourself in a position to where that can be called. There's no need to have your hands on the player 10 yards into the sideline, 10 yards out of bounds. You, you just can't, you can't have those type of mistakes against Alabama. And if I remember correctly, Alabama then went, went down and scored. So the, 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 the interception, Hendon Hooker not being on the same page with his receiver, you can probably speak to it. Uh, what, what you saw went wrong, but Javante Payton saw one thing with coverage, Hendon Hooker saw another, and it resulted in an interception that, that put the nail in, in Tennessee's coffin. Just too many self-inflicted wounds, and, and pretty remarkable that Tennessee was, was still only down by a touchdown going into the fourth quarter. They were able to answer Alabama going up by two touchdowns with the, the big bomb from Hendon Hooker to Javante Payton to make it a one-score game again in the fourth quarter, and that was the most beautiful pass Hendon Hooker has thrown all season, just an absolute beauty uh, of a ball hit Payton right on on the numbers, it, or uh, Tillman, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it was it was an, an incredible throw. So it, it's, it's pretty remarkable, in my opinion, Swain, that Tennessee was able to, to be down by one score entering the fourth and at one point in the fourth despite all of those self-inflicted wounds. Uh, but you, you just can't can't just shoot yourself in the foot as many times as as Tennessee did. And my biggest takeaway is that I can't wait to see this offense, this team, in these type of big games against the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Floridas. Once Josh Heupel has more depth and has his his guys running running around on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I'm, you know, who knows when that, when that's going to be, Ben? You know, it could be. Two years from now, it could be three years from now, um, but I'm with you. I'm. I can't wait to see what's going to happen next weekend, because you're going to have basically almost two weeks of rest, and the human body is remarkable. You know, I was telling my daughter this as she battles, you know, a little injury from from basketball. I was like, the body is remarkable. The good Lord made us and what he did to allow us to heal fast. It's, it's remarkable. Like, 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 go cut your finger. And then a couple days later, just just see it start to repair itself, heal itself. You know, you, you may be banged up and hurt one day and wonder, man, how can I even play? How can I even walk? Next, the next day, can't even walk barely. The body self-repairs, man. When you give the body what it needs, it, it does the rest. And that's without treatment. That's without rehab. And then you add that to the millions and millions of dollars put into the to rehab facility over there at UT. I mean, guys, will, guys will be back next week. Guys will be back. And I'm, I can't wait to see how we play when we are as close, as healthy, um, as you're going to be midseason, probably the closest that you've been since the first first week of the season. I can't wait to see how this team is going to respond next week on the road at Kentucky. I hope it's an early game. I really do because um, I know this team is used to, to, to playing football early in the day. But I can't wait to see how be? we uh, – hmm? Do you think it will be? I mean, looking at the, the, the slate that weekend, phew, there's some really good games. Some, other other games that I can see being a night game. Yeah, we'll we'll find out around lunchtime today. I, I kind of think it will be a night game. It, it would not surprise me if uh, the the Jordan Rogers, Cole Kublik, and Tom Tom Hart crew uh, get this call. I mean, you got Alabama, LSU. That'll be you got CBS. Florida, South Carolina. You got. Uh, Auburn, Texas A and M. I mean, I, I would put Auburn, Texas A and M as. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. The number, yeah, the number one game. I mean, that's. I mean, there's two ranked teams. Both teams are ranked in the top twenty. I that would be the number one game for me. But do uh, they put that one at seven o'clock on ESPN like they did with with Tennessee, Bama, and let good old Greg McElroy call that game? Because obviously, ES that that seven o'clock time slot. ESPN gets priority over the SEC network. I could see Auburn A&M being at at 7, and then Tennessee still getting 7 o'clock, and 
just being on the SEC network. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be a night game. I I I do. The the last feels like every time it's been in Lexington the last several years, it's it's been a night game. I, I don't remember the last day game Tennessee had in Lexington. I mean in, in two thousand and nineteen, the the fourth then goal stop with Batuli and, and Blakely, that was a night game. Seventeen was the Jeff George caught Hail Mary at the two yard line. That was a, a night game. Yep. Fifteen night game. I don't remember. 13. I'm sure. I'm sure they wanted to be a night game up there. I mean, they listen. They get it. They've been. They've. They've learned a thing or two from other SEC programs over the years. So they. They. They're loud, man. They're. They're rowdy. They've certainly affected Florida uh, in that night game earlier in the season. So if I'm if I'm Kentucky, I want night game. I think Tennessee Kentucky is the second best game um, week 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 ten of the SEC. I mean. Auburn, Texas A&M, I think will be the best game. Mm-hmm. LSU, Alabama, it used to be the best game, but LSU is a shell of itself. And, you know, we thought that they were going to come out and play a little bit better than they did against Ole Miss, but they're done. It's a wrap. So Alabama will thrash them. South Carolina, Florida, oh, my God, South Carolina is so butt-booty terrible. Um, who wants to watch Who wants, who wants to watch that game? Arkansas, um Arkansas didn't have a, a game this weekend. It was like more like a scrimmage. I watched some of that game, and I was like, "Yo, what? You what watched are we them play here? Arkansas Pine Bluff?" Yeah, I watched it. It wasn't nothing else on. Wasn't that the noon game? It wasn't nothing on. It was that was the only SEC game. Yeah, you could have watched the nine overtimes between Illinois and Penn State. I watched a little bit of it. I watched a little bit of of, of Michigan and and uh, who did Michigan was play? It Northwestern. Yeah, Northwestern. I watched a little bit of it, but I, I'm biased, you man. You could have watched Army-Wake Forest. That was a good game. I, it's hard for me to watch anything besides SEC. It's hard, man. It's not I hard I when it's Arkansas Pine Bluff involved. I know. I know. I was, try, like, I was trying. That's why I was flipping over to the Michigan-Northwestern game. I was trying. <laughs> I was trying. Trust me, man. I was trying to watch other teams, other conferences. You should have really taken was. a nap. Is what you should have done. <laughs> I did that. that. I just that, woke that's... up. It was it was noon. I already already went to sleep. Go back to sleep. Go go tough, back to man. sleep. And I and I I know you were probably still up at like five forty seven. So I'm sure you were ready for a nap again. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was up early. I mean, I, I slept in for about thirty forty five minutes, but I was up, and um, I just. I, I did take a nap, but it was like later on in the day. But I mean, I watched I watched Arkansas Arkansas Pine Bluff, and, but uh, last week was the worst week in the SEC as far as you know, mm. games. Um, but you know, Liberty, how about this man? Liberty is playing on the road at Ole Miss. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. Malik Willis versus Matt Corral, Hugh Freeze going back home, Tennessee, Kentucky, Liberty, Ole Miss. And then what's what's the other Texas A and M Auburn? Those those three are the the best games of the week in the SEC uh, next Saturday. Yeah, I can see us being a night game though. But I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to that game, uh, not just because it's 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 more of a winnable game, and um, it's because you know it's Kentucky. You're trying to avenge that loss from last year, but it's a it's a it's the next game after the bye week. Like, I just I love watching this football team play, Swain. I, I I wish there was a game tonight. I, I love watching Hendon Hooker and these three receivers play football. I, I love the way the defense competes. I love the way the whole whole team competes. I I know it's weird because they're they're four it's and weird. four and two it's and three in, in SEC play. But I mean three of the four losses are to Pittsburgh, a top twenty team. Alabama and Ole Miss. I mean, all all three of those teams are, are in the top twenty right now, and, and all three may have the three Heisman finalists: and, and Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, and Bryce Young. Yep. And at the time, Florida was ranked too. Yes, ab- absolutely. So yeah. I, I, that's why I can't wait for the Kentucky game. Obviously, it's in my opinion a rivalry game. Um, it, it'll be. A very emotional football game should should be a a fun setting. It it, it should be a very competitive football game. Uh, so I, I am looking 
forward to it for those reasons, but I can't wait for it because I just love watching this football team compete, and I love watching Hendon Hooker play football. It's This is weird. You made a good point, Ben. It's weird because think about the teams over the last three or four years. Tennessee fans have kind of put their arms around and, like, really, really loved. It was the baseball team of last year because of how they played and the most important point Ben, they were winning they were winning right <laughs> like they were winning so we love the way they play they played their butts off um and we knew that this coaching staff did more with less when you look at the scholarship situation you look at you know some of the guys you know going to the mlb and you know tony didn't have a full deck all the time or the players they could have had but like the way they were able to play uh just on sheer determination and 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 respect for one another and love for one another. Like, they just played the game the way it's supposed to be played. Like, we love that team, right? And then the basketball team a couple of years ago, Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, kind of the same story with a bunch of guys that um, were afterthoughts of other schools. I mean, Admiral Schofield, you know, people, all people did was ask him, hey, man, you going to play football? You going to play football? Because they just didn't think he would be, you know, an NBA basketball player or a pro basketball player when he first got here. But he worked his tail off and turned himself into one. Grant Williams, we know his story, didn't have a ton of offers. I think Tennessee's uh, offer was the best one for Grant, had like Princeton, and that's that's barely it. Um, and, and, you know, Rick took a bunch of guys that no one else wanted and then turned them into the number one team in the country. And just the way they, you know, interacted with each other, uh, the one fly, we all fly. Like we, we we love this team. But guess, guess the real reason why we love that team? Well, they won too, right? <laughs> this football team is so weird and different, man. Because this team is five hundred. This team is five hundred. They're below five hundred in the SEC. But we're not dumb. We're smart. We understand how tough it is in this conference, and we understand the circumstances, which were new coaching staff. The roster gutted with guys leaving. And I understand that all of the guys who left are not starring at their new teams. They're not starting. But they would have been help here. They would have provided some depth. Um, but we appreciate the way that they have played the game. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. And honestly, it, this team you put right there with those other teams, even though the 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 – the outcome is different, but you put them right there because, man, they do exactly what you want a Tennessee athlete to do, and that's give their all for Tennessee, and that's what they're doing. It's weird. Yes, it's so and, weird. And and part of it is the the current expectations of of this individual season. They they are right now on track to to exceed the outside expectations at, at least, and yeah, on track. May, maybe some some expectations even within the fan base. Uh, I, I, I think most people recognize that six, six wins and, and getting to a bowl game would, would be a, a great step in the right direction in year one under Josh Heupel. And right now, Tennessee's going to, at, at worst, finish 6-6. Six and six. They're not losing to South Alabama or Vanderbilt. So they will get to 6-6 six and six and, at minimum, have a chance to win a seventh in a bowl game. But – they also have a great chance to go out and, and pick up a seventh win next Saturday against Kentucky and, and maybe, who knows, get an eighth win in a bowl game. And, and that would be a, a tremendous first season for Josh Heupel. So, so part of it is that this team is maybe playing a little better than we expected, and they are benefiting from such low expectations. If this was year three or year four, we would not care that they're, they're simply playing hard and uh, they're, they're – playing inspiring football, and uh, they, they just really compete from, from the first whistle to, to the final whistle. We, we love that, but that, that shouldn't really be a, a talking point. It just is because last year the culture was so horrid that it was evident that this team did not, A, like each other, or B, play hard. And so I think that's why it's highlighted so much this season, and you, you you couple that with the low expectations. So I, I think that all contributes to us liking this, this football team. That, that will obviously change as the years progress. That will even change next year, uh, quite frankly. 
But the, this football team's it's it's hard not to root for these guys, even though they're five hundred. Like I said, I, I just love watching them compete. I, I would say the team last year didn't respect each other because I think I think I don't hear any stories about too many guys like disliking each other because I mean the fifteen team had more internal fights than I think I've ever <laughs> ever heard of. Um, but this team last year, it was like. They just didn't respect each other. They just, they didn't respect the game because the coaches didn't force them to respect the game or respect each other. But that's the, that's different this year. These guys not only respect each other, but you know these guys like they they love each other, man. You can kind of tell. I'm not saying that because everybody from zero to a hundred, everyone from the bottom of the roster to the top, to the top of the roster, love each other. I mean, you have fights inside of the locker room. You have you know, little issues inside of a locker room. We're talking a hundred plus males in one place. Like that's that's going to happen. But we see that there's a level of respect for one another, and and how they playing, and how they communicating, and how they celebrate on on the field. But I mean, Ben, you you might be right too, though, because about what there was times this team was that should be celebrating. They wasn't even celebrating, oh, yes. so they, maybe they didn't like each other. Yes, may, maybe so. Now, I I think Tremel hit, really hits it on the on the head here on the text box saying that uh, it's it's called foundation and that that is a a simple way to sum up what we are we are talking about these guys are setting the foundation for the the future of Tennessee football uh the the same way Admiral and and Grant and and really I should go further back than than those guys the way Kevin Punter and Armani Moore and Robert Hubbs in in his final year the way those guys mm-hmm. set the foundation for for Tennessee basketball and I, and I know Grant and Admiral were only a, a year after those guys but they they set the foundation they they set the culture and, and that's what these guys Javante Payton who I, I wish yep. we could get another year of he's only going to yep. be here for a year this is Valus's last year Hendon should be back next year uh, unless something crazy were to happen um, I mean these guys that they're only going to be here for a year maybe two years the the Jaquan Blakely's Matthew Butler's they they remind me of Byron Moore and Corey Miller in 2013 under under Butch in, in Butch's first year that those guys set the foundation and I know Butch didn't have the success that he should have had but uh, he did get Tennessee back to a place where it was better than than where Dooley had it and it was because of guys like Corey Walker or not Corey Walker but Corey Miller and, and Byron mm-hmm. Young or I'm I'm getting all my names twisted up. I got you. I got you. you. It was Corey Miller, it was Marlon Walls, it was Jocker yes, Smith, guys. it was those guys. Yes. Like, it was it was and those guys. That's what guys. the Javante Paytons and, and Valus Jones and, and Matthew Butlers and Jaquan Blakeleys and Theo Jacksons and that's what those guys are doing right now. So I think uh Tremel summed it up perfectly, uh saying that it's called foundation. Good job, Tremel. I'll give you a, a helmet sticker. You get a gold sticker. Yeah, good job, man. I don't know if the other McKee on the text box is joking or being for real. He says, have you seen South Alabama, Ben? Jake Bentley coming back to Knoxville one more time? This game isn't a gimme. This game, the other McKee, is a gimme. It should be a gimme. The players shouldn't view it like that, the other McKee. And I I realize Jake Bentley has had success against Tennessee in the past. But it's not a – I mean, are you going to pick South Alabama to win? (laughs) Who? The other McKee. I mean, they lost to Louisiana Monroe, forty-one to thirty-one, on on Saturday. They 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 lost to Texas State two weeks ago, thirty-three to thirty-one. Louisiana the week before that. I mean, it's it's a dub for Tennessee. The the players shouldn't view it like that, but I'm I'm comfortable sitting up here and saying it's a dub. I'm, I, the same I'm way Bowling Green and Tennessee Tech were. I appreciate other McKee. He's a great listener, great messenger on the text box. I'm not taking that message serious today. Not today. Not today. Not how this team has been playing. Um, playing hard, playing for one another, run through a brick wall. If this was last year's team that I would, you know, I don't know, man. You come out and, you know, not act like you don't want to play. Like you have, you know, in other games, then anything is possible. No, no, man. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not taking that. That comment series. So the, sorry, other McKee. I, I can't. I can't do that. Um, 
All right, text box right quick before we take our top of our break. Um, Vol and Dog Country says, what's the chances of self-imposing a bowl ban with ongoing NCAA investigation? Um, there's a chance. I don't think it's a very, very high chance because it's something Tennessee does not want to do um, at all. Tennessee feels like they got rid of everybody and, and um, you know, doing a bowl ban is something that, that they simply just do not want to do and uh, have, have no plan for that. So uh, they're continuing their conversation with the NCAA. Um, but it is a chance. I just don't think it's high. I think a couple of months ago it was probably higher than it is right now. Um, Chase from Charlotte says, I think Hypo will find guys who feel the culture. As you get more guys and the product continues to improve, the stars will follow. Then you round up the results. Yeah, it was like it was like that for Rick Barnes of basketball. Um, I hope it's the same way for football. I, I, I really do. I know football is a different animal recruiting, especially in this conference. So I, I hope that's the case. You know, we're not look. We're supposed we're supposed to be mad today. Like we're supposed to be upset, upset, mad. But who are you gonna get mad at? Besides the situation, like the entire situation as a whole, the fact that we're in this spot um, and, you know, we basically was, was fighting um, the Goliath with with the little small slingshot. Like, I'm upset of being in that position, but, like, I can't be upset at any one person. I can't. For how they played or a group of people, how they how they played, what they didn't do. They didn't play hard. They didn't execute. Coaches didn't call this. Like, I can't I can't be upset with the coaches. They've done an awesome job. I thought we should have went forward on fourth down, you know, Saturday. But I'm not, I'm not upset. On the fourth uh, and one, like around midfield? Yes. Yes. I think Josh Heupel intended to go for it. At least that's that's what it, he seemed to allude to during his post game press conference. But uh, the the guys weren't ready to go for it for for whatever reason. Yeah, that, and didn't want to rush and get turn turn sloppiness into a catastrophic mistake. So took the yeah. the delay of game and pinned them deep. I just wish I I just wish we handled that situation better. But yes. I mean. I'm, I'm splitting hairs here. Like, Hypo is is taking a group of guys with, you know, former walk-ons, walk-ons, and going out and competing against a top-five program that's drafted players from high school the last decade. So, I mean, I can I can nitpick Hypo on that. I wasn't necessarily thrilled about that 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 decision, but we're supposed to be upset after getting beat by Alabama like this. But if you watch the game. You know that these guys laid it on the line, and the score is just not a accurate accurate representation of exactly what happened in the course of that football game. Um, the Henry Hooker interception, I I was a little surprised that the ball was thrown anyways because it was two guys right there. Mm-hmm. I don't I mean I don't know how you would have read it better, and that play be successful. So I don't know the reads. I don't know what they're taught. I don't know that. But you do have routes where you have to read on the run, depending on the coverage, depending on the leverage. And sometimes when you have someone on your outside shoulder, you want the quarterback to throw it to the inside, uh, to throw you away from that defender. I just don't know. I don't know what the coaches are wanting in that situation. So it's really hard for me to speak on that. Sometimes I can, but if I don't know, I'm not going to just make something up, just to just to make something up and sound good. Um but Nancy says, "Be mad at the refs." Yes, that that is fair. Yeah, I could always do that. Be yeah, be I mad at Greg McElroy, like I told you, y'all would be. He, I mean, he made some good points, but man, golly, boy, Tennessee cannot make a play without it being just an Alabama mistake. That's what that's what bothered me the most. I was like, Greg, we we we, we making some plays, man. Like, give us some credit. Part of like part of playing football is forcing the other team to make a mistake so you can capitalize on. That's that's part of the game. So yeah, I mean Alabama forced us to make mistakes, but they didn't have any problem giving Alabama their props. They didn't say, "Oh, man, 
you know, Tennessee made a mistake there. That's why Alabama scored. No, they didn't do that. They didn't do that at all. So that's part of the game is forcing the other team to make mistakes so you can capitalize on. We did that. They did that. But it just wasn't mentioned the same. And, it, you know, it kind of – that kind of that kind of bothered me, and then the fumble on the end zone, Bryce Young. Dude, I'm watching the game at home. When you're calling a game, you're there. You got multiple monitors in the booth. You have replay capabilities. You can zoom in. Greg, you saw that that ball was fumbled before. It hit the plane. You saw that. And Greg was hemming and hawing, talking about, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know. We all see it. Now, whether or not Alabama recovered or not, that's a different story. Josh Heupel seems to think that Tennessee recovered it. But to sit here and act like you didn't, like, it was so hard to tell that the ball was fumbled before he reached the end zone. Like, come on, man. Come on. It was Stop. so, so Stop the cap. abundantly clear. That it, it, right. it was. Okay. So you just say stop capping. Stop capping, Greg. There stop capping. There you go. Yeah, there we go. But not only does he have all the broadcast monitors in front of him, uh, Brian Denny has a ginormous flat screen as clear depth, essentially television, in every corner of that stadium. It's and nice. all four screens were showing. The fumble that that Bryce Young fumbled before before he reached the goal line. So it, it was it was no doubt about it uh, a fumble. And and I think the the referee could have helped himself if he had explained that what they confirmed was an Alabama touchdown, not that they confirmed that it wasn't a fumble because they they did rule it a fumble. The 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 stats give. Bryce Young a fumble. They just say that he he fell back on it. I never saw in person or on, on social media. I haven't been able to go back and watch the game yet. That's what I'm doing right after the show ends. I, I have not seen – I did not see it in person. Tennessee established clear recovery. I, I know there's some fuzzy screenshots out there. That, I didn't see it. I, but I – what would you say? I, said, I, didn't, I didn't see the clear recovery. I didn't really any, any Any team. I was looking to – to see that, and like, uh, you know, when there's a fumble, the referee is going to drop a beanbag to let everyone know that there's a fumble. He saw a fumble, and I didn't. I didn't see that uh, being dropped. I didn't see clear recovery. I didn't know who came out with the football. Um, it was just a. It was a cluster. But one thing that we did see is that slow mo. When Bryce Young extended with two hands and Jalen McCullough punched down, that ball moved and Bryce Young was losing possession before the ball broke the plane. That's one thing that's clear as day. And I don't know why anybody would pretend like they didn't see that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I I, I, I can understand not giving Tennessee (laughs) – Recovery. If somebody wants to send me a, a better photo than than the fuzzy ones I saw on my my Twitter timeline, then then I'll I'll be the first one to say, hey, that was Tennessee's ball. Should have been uh, Tennessee's ball. Like Tremel says, Vols player came out of the pile with the ball. I never saw it in person. I have not seen it since the game either. <laughs> but they they at least they they got the the fumble correct. Um, I just. It's unfortunate that Tennessee couldn't, with, without a shadow of the doubt, recover the football. I mean, Jesus, if they, if they, if they came out with the football, then, I mean, it was like a 40-car pileup there. I mean, did the referees not even, not even pay attention to who recovered the football? Or maybe they just they didn't think it was a fumble. I mean, maybe they just didn't think it was a fumble because, the you know, I know someone on the text box said they ruled it a fumble. But, yeah, but throwing the beanbag means, you like, you see it, you're on top of it, and, like, you, in real time, you see it. It's one thing to go back to the the replay, and 
okay, you see the clear fumble. Now you have to say, all right, who who recovered it? And it was just really fuzzy on who came out with the football. So Josh Heupel's, in his press conference, said that Tennessee came out with it. So If he says that Tennessee came out with it, then Tennessee came out with it. Because that tells me that a, that a player, multiple players, probably the whole defense told him that they came out of the pile with it. And, and he was, probably could see it as well. Yeah, what was also weird is, is you know, Tennessee, you know, was not charged a timeout on a, on a stoppage. And the referee was talking to Heupel, and, and Heupel was like, that's, that's BS. I don't even know what Heupel was upset about because – you know, the announcer said that Tennessee wasn't going to be charged for a timeout, and maybe I don't like. I just I just don't know what Hypo was upset about. I like what Hypo said. <laughs> like I love the reaction. I love it. Uh, I love that fire from from Hypo. But it was just it was just weird, man. It, it, it was it was weird. The, the one that uh, made me mad was the targeting. Like look, look, I I didn't notice it in real time, but but looking at the replay, I, I don't understand how that isn't ruled targeting i mean he launched and i i thought his helmet hit hendon's facebook which or facebook face mask which caused his head to snap back i i just i don't understand how how that was was not at least you know went to review at, at minimum and if you go to review then you see the bama player launch at hendon and hit him in the face mask with his helmet that that was the one that really grinded my gears on on Saturday. That that one and like folks wonder why Tennessee fans get so upset over missed calls. It's because you, you miss that. But two years ago, when when Tennessee is in Bryant Denny, Daryl Taylor is getting up off the ground and barely touches Mac Jones, and he's whistled for a, for a, a rough in the passer. That that's why Tennessee fans are are so aggravated, and that that's why incidents like last Saturday after Ole Miss took place because it's, it's a buildup. Nothing makes sense as to what is happening. Yeah, another another thing to send to SEC office and officiate, and, and maybe they'll cut that out of uh, the broadcast on SEC Network doing a replay too. <laughs> Who knows, man? Who knows? But um, the launch, there's your intent for Malachi Moore. Whether or not it connected, that can be, I mean, that can be debated, I guess. That can be talked about, discussed. Um, but the launch was there, and the fact that it wasn't even reviewed at all, they didn't even look at it against a quarterback was was egregious to me. Hour two here in the Swain event. Swain event is fueled by Dead End Barbecue live here at Beatty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Home of the warranty for life. Over 150 new and used car vehicles for you to choose from on this beautiful lot. The sun is up so you can see these nice prices. These clean rides right here at Beatty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Or you can come inside and check out this boy behind me. 2021 High Country Tahoe Black on Black on Black. Clean. Be right back. 